Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Busy hour, Lombardi Line brought to you by BetMGM as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. So we kick off week 10 tonight, Atlanta Lane two and a half. We'll circle back on that. We conclude week 10 in Philadelphia, right there by Michael Lombardi with Washington in town. Philly's Lane 11. Okay. I just want to bring this up quickly for a few reasons. As betters, you're always looking for an edge. Ron right. Rivera, unfortunately, just came back from his mother passed away. When he comes back, he's met with the fact that the district attorney in D.C. is going to be announcing something about its owner and Daniel Snyder. We're starting finally to get some leaks. Remember, when the district attorney announced it yesterday, somebody released something from the commander saying, hey, we just had our running back get shot in this city. And now you're, in, you know, like basically using Brian Robinson as a shield, which was shady. The players are starting to come out. St. Juice today, Michael Lombardi said, it always feels like there's a black cloud over this organization. I'm bringing up the drama to say this. It has to affect the team inside the locker room as they take Oh, it does. I mean, what affects the team is the fact there's nobody there. I mean, there's nobody at the stadium. Everything's, you know, I I watched the tape last week. It looked like more purple there. I mean, it just never seems to be able to to work, and and it's very challenging. So – you know, and and so I, I I know Washington's got to go to Philly. They got killed when they played down in down in D.C. earlier in the year. But my question back to you about Washington it relates to the NFC East. So when you look at Philly's schedule and Stephen Bond, put it if you have it there, if you can put up Philadelphia's schedule. My question to you, Patrick, is what game will Philly not be a touchdown or more favored in moving forward? No, I didn't absolutely. say who will they be favored in. What will they not? What will they be a Let's touchdown a or more? Okay, they're eleven really tonight. Only one at- they're eleven against the Commanders, Michael. You see the schedule right, right there. They're at the Colts. They're going to be a big time favorite. They're hosting the Packers. Going to be a big time favorite. Hosting the Titans. Yeah, at the Giants, be a favorite. At the Giants, my assumption is they're maybe yeah, under six. Yeah, maybe, maybe I was going to say so- six and a half, seven. Okay. Uh, the cow only game that they're going to not be a touchdown favorite or more with this Gonzaga schedule is going to be is the Cowboy. That's the only one. I mean, you're right. That, that, I mean, they have four road games, and they're going to be at least a touchdown favorite in those four road games. Like uh, three of the four, 
I mean, let's face it. Okay, you know, the the when when uh, Green Bay Green Bay was a ten and a half point dog on the in Buffalo. So, what do you think they're going to be in Philly? Tennessee was a 10, 11 point dog. That was before we knew about Tannehill. The way their bye week set up, the way the schedule lays out, could it be more perfect for this 2022 no, Philadelphia Eagles fan? I mean, home field is going to be in Philadelphia. The the polls are greased already. We don't have to worry about redoing that. That's for perfectly fine. But my point here is this this schedule is so like they're 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 head and shoulders above the competition. Now well, the, could the Giants knock them off? Maybe, but the Giants are not going to be, you know, when I look at my numbers, Philadelphia to the Giants, I mean, you know, it's going to be a six-point, maybe, you know, maybe you could make it six and a half, you know, under seven, I think but you might be get bet up. To, I think you might get bet up to a touchdown there. I, I genuinely believe. Because if Philly's con- – well, now, let's put it this way. If Philly's continuing to roll, they're going to be a seven-point pa- favorite there at the Giants. Right. Now, they, the other if announcement they go into that I, undefeated, I just, please. Yeah. Now, this we were talking about this earlier, so I want to bring it up. I just saw Adam Schefter tweeted out that Darren Waller just got placed on IR for the Raiders today, which that's really that's that that hurts them. Hamstring. I mean, this guy's had a hamstring since when I was watching practice back in July. He's always hurt. So breaking news here, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, tight end Darren Waller on injured reserve. So Waller aggravated the hamstring. And the team believes give him four weeks to get healthy, come back, and finish the season. But you know, it, it, it's it's just it's one thing after another right now. Yeah, I mean they they've got I mean everybody thinks they have this explosive offensive team. They've got Jacobs and they've got they've got Adams, but they don't really have very much more than that. They 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 are they're struggling. I'm not making excuses for them. Their offensive line isn't ver- like this is not a like I know they went to the playoffs last year, but. This is not the same team. And and Renfro, who picked up, who had 81 catches last year, he hasn't been the same player this year. Oh, not even a facsimile. I don't know what's going on with Renfro, but he is, um, something's amiss. So, okay, Darren Waller, injured reserve, Washington, district attorney today, more news, has to be an impact. Philly, everything coming up roses. That's the synopsis of the last six minutes there. The public play tonight is Atlanta. So they're laying two and a half. Remember, the Falcons opened a point and a half, got immediately bet up the three, bought back down to two and a half, and that's where we sit at Carolina. Low total coming off 71 combined points scored a couple of weeks ago between these two teams of 41 and a half. Let's talk about it. The spotted rain, on and off downpours, 10 to 15 miles an hour, 25 mile an hour gusts. Let's start your cap here. Well, most of the time when these two teams have played, they've always split a game. The, you know, Carolina usually has won in Atlanta, and Atlanta usually wins in Carolina. Now that has reversed itself this year. But anytime you have two teams that are very familiar with one another, that have played one another within such a close proximity of time, you know, that's you, you've got a chance to take a look at. Okay, here's what we did well. Here's what we did wrong. You know, both teams played Cincinnati poorly. Throw those games out. Both teams were out of the games in the first quarter. I mean, we saw that, right? But I think this game is going to come down to Carolina. Can they play any kind of run defense? I mean, that's going to be the key. Can they stay attached and play run defense? And can they run the ball on a bad Atlanta defense? Atlanta, when you take them outside, when you make them play outside of their dome where they usually gain a little bit of advantage in the run game because of crowd noise, can they stop you? 
you know, Carolina ran for 169. Now, before that, they played Tampa in Tampa. Tampa only ran for 69 yards. They played San Francisco at home. San Francisco only ran for 50 yards. That was their signature win of the season. They turned San Francisco over three times. You know, and then they played the Bengals, and the Bengals put 500 yards up on the on them. And just, and, you know, and then the next week they come back and they, you know, they 478 to to Carolina. So, look, they've only played really one game of good defense the entire year, and that was against San Francisco when San Francisco didn't have half their team out there. So, I, I mean, I think Carolina can move the football today. The problem is can Carolina stop them from running the ball? And they couldn't the time they played them before. This team – this team is going to run it. They don't get a lot of first downs. You know, they, they – I mean, if I tell you, like, they're, where they're ranked first down-wise, they're in the bottom third because they don't get a lot of them. They don't make a lot of plays. They, they're one play. They don't drive the ball down the field all the time. And they're going to have to run the ball and keep their defense off the field if they possibly can. It'd be a challenge. Not that Carolina's very good because Carolina's very weak in a lot of other areas, too. I think the weather helps Carolina a little bit today at, at best. Well, the weather points to potentially a run game. Let's set it up this way. The Panthers gave up, what, over 210 combined yards last week to Mixon and five touchdowns, four on the ground. So I'll set it up this way. Uh, Corderell Patterson's prop tonight set up at 55 and a half. When you hear that number for Patterson, what's your immediate reaction? I think he goes over that. I mean, look, I think when you break these two teams down, you know, they're, they are not great defensively, you know. Carolina's the worst team in the league on third down on third down offense. They're, they're, they're not very good on third down defense. They're 25th. So Patterson's going to have the ball a lot, and he's going to be able to convert third downs. That helps him. You know, and both teams are bad in points per play defensively. So the, the similarities between the two teams are, are, are striking. The, the thing is Atlanta's won close games. Carolina hasn't. I think Patterson will have a big day. He's hard to tackle. He's great. He's great. He, uh, he that transition from wide receiver where he kind of had the dropsies, you know, wasn't sure-handed to moving him to running back was a stroke of genius. Um, how about conversing? Well, you know how that? You know how that happened? You know how that happened? How did that? Because happen? well, because when he was coming out of Tennessee, he was not. And how do I say this politely? He was not grasping the offense. Okay, he was struggling to learn what to do. And so every time he went into the game when he was playing for the Vikings, he was either catching a screen or running a reverse because he really struggled to understand concepts. And eventually when he got to New England, they knew that he didn't really learn quickly. And so they kind of featured him as a running back. You just get him the ball, put him in the backfield. That's kind of how this whole thing started. And now, now he has become – now he can play multiple positions – See, a lot of the challenges that you await in pro football is how do the players learn? How do they handle situations? And it takes sometimes, it takes time to figure that out. He's just, his size, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of advantages to having Patterson in the backfield. Okay, let me give you this one quickly. Dante Foreman, remember that first game post Christian McCaffrey was against the Atlanta Falcons. He ran for 118 and three touchdowns. His prop is set at fifty-four and a half tonight for Foreman. He's got to go over it. I mean, he's got to go over it. They got to, they got to, they got to rely on him. They've got to run the football with him, you know, and they've got to take advantage of him. They've got to because you can run the ball on this Atlanta team. I mean, you could run the ball on Atlanta. You could get first downs on Atlanta, so you can run it. You got to be able to do that, and I think you got to take advantage of it. I think he's got to go over. It. He's got to be a big part of their plan. 
correlative. If Carolina is going to win this football game, he's going to go over the rushing total. No doubt. Of no doubt. And a if Carolina is going to yeah. win this game, it's going to be because they can run the ball and they force Mariota to have to throw the ball. Right? They force Mariota to have to throw the ball. And they force the passing game for Atlanta to have to shine, which it really doesn't. I mean, Atlanta's 29th in the league in sacks per play against them, which means that they don't even throw it a lot. By the way, how about Wilkes taking ownership of that intern role, interim role, right? Firing a couple of uh, defensive staffers. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the difference. I mean, give Steve credit. Like, Steve's saying, hey, look, I, I, I got to make this work. It's I got a chance to win this job. I'm going to do everything I can. There's coaches that I don't agree with. I'm going to get rid of them. No disrespect, you know, and, and I'm going to move on. I mean, he's trying to help his team win. He's trying to do what he thinks he can, which sends a message to the players that, that he's in. Yep, he's, he's in charge. A professional handicapper Samich is next. He's got a running back prop. He's got a pro tip, and he's got flight line. That's next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, of course, the king of sports books. Go to BetMGM.com or download the app. It's a new app, new interface. You're going to love it. Also, remember, if you're in town there in Vegas, stop by any MGM property. Bring your status sheet ID. You're ready to go. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER, BetMGM. Again, the king of sportsbooks. We're back. The big guy, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We welcome in professional handicapper, RacingDudes.com, Mike Samich. And Samich has a prop, he's got a lean, and he has a pro tip. But we have to start here. So even, Michael, he's all into flight line. He's been getting into the horse racing with me. You were there at the Breeders' Cup Classic, Keeneland. You witness history. Let's go ahead, now that he's off to stud, flight line. Let's go ahead and put a bow on your thoughts overall flight line. I mean, first off, just absolutely scintillating to be able to be at Keeneland for that race. And, and when he opened up around the turn and everyone knew he was going to win, it was just electric in the building. From a historical perspective, uh, that was the greatest racehorse I've ever seen in person, the greatest race performance I've ever seen in person. And he's only 
race six times. No one was ever within six lengths of him. And the only time they were within six lengths is when he missed the break. Uh, you got to put him on the Mount Rushmore. Now, it's hard to say he's the greatest horse ever because it was such a short career. But from a talent perspective, I have not seen a more talented racehorse. And I don't blame him. I mean, this horse is valued over $250 million at this point. So I understand why they're not bringing him back. One thing a lot of people don't know about horse racing is money is really after the races. And he's going to stand for $200,000 at stud. So every time he produces a live foal, the owners will get two hundred grand. Tough to pass up that kind of money. Mike, when you were watching the race, uh, I mean, to me, I was I was loving it. I just enjoyed wa- – I love watching greatness. Like Jeff Saturday, he's seen greatness too, but I love watching greatness. <laughs> uh, I think to me, you know, what I read afterwards was – and I couldn't tell this from the television – was that people were saying that the, the horse didn't even look tired. Did you get that sense from watching him and then seeing him after the race? Yeah, I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to see greatness anytime soon. Uh, no, he, he was not tired at all. I mean, he was just phenomenal. And, and you saw the fractions that were set. I mean, they went 45 and change, 109 to six furlongs. That is sprinter speed, not horses that are going a mile and a quarter. He was able to just continue on with it. And, and when you see him win these two-turn races by open lengths, he won in, in the, uh, the Pacific Classic by 20 lengths. The horse who ran second thought he won. That's how far ahead flight line was. And in this case, Pratt never asked Flightline down the lane. I think that the greatest stat for me, and it's not really a stat, but the greatest stat for me from a Flightline perspective, horse went 6-0. and He never felt the whip in a single race. They never had to ask him for everything. We never saw him empty the tank. This horse could have won by significantly more in most of the races he was in, but he didn't have anyone who could run even close to him. I, was, let's, I want to follow up because I was texting Michael that. So let's clarify, then we'll get to the game. Flightline is a freak as far as athletically, but also the mind is there, right? So when he's asked to go around the turn, whether it's a click, click in his ear or a little shake of the reins, like this horse is just on another level as far as even the mind, right? Yeah, he he is a, what you call a push button horse. The jockey can simply tap him on the shoulder, can, can, like you said, shake the reins once or twice, and the horse responds instinctively. He knows exactly what he wants to do. And one thing people don't understand about racehorses, they want to win. One of my favorite moments with a racehorse was actually riding a retired racehorse who won seven races. And every single one of those wins, he went gate to wire. Well, I was on a trail ride with four other horses, and he refused to be in the back of the pack. He pulled me <laughs> to the front every single time. It's just what he was conditioned to do and wanted to do and loved doing that. So these horses know what they're doing. They're incredibly smart. And when their mind matches their talent, they can be absolutely dominant. Awesome. Awesome. I, Michael, Michael was home alone. He was standing up yelling at the TV, cheering for him. I was, it was I, I was loving it. I, it, I, it was incredible. I mean, it was so good. It was the best I've ever seen. I mean, and, and we all want to witness greatness and save the ticket because uh, I guess, the, you know, it's like who saw Will Chamberlain score 100, even though there was like 13,000 people in the arena, 2 million say they saw it. So at least prove that you saw it because when you see greatness – you know, unlike Jeff Saturday, you got to record it. <laughs> One thing I will say, out of all the horse races I've watched, at no point did I ever think that he was going to lose that race in the because he was rating right there with Life Is Good, and you could just tell he wasn't being asked anything. So I, I digress, but that was quite a performance. Okay, let's go to tonight. Going to be rainy, going to be windy down in Carolina. Atlanta's laying two and a half. I know you have a lean there, but let's start with your running back prop here, Mike. Yeah, I mean, we cashed the running back prop last week with Miles Sanders over rushing total as well as scoring a touchdown. 
I'm a little more hesitant to go over the rushing total with Cordell Patterson tonight simply because of the split in carries they had last week. Uh, 35 rushes for Atlanta. Cordell got the most carries with 13, but not even a majority. Didn't even get halfway there. However, the one thing that really stood out to me was how they utilized these running backs. If you look at the rushes inside the five, Cordell Patterson got all three of them. Inside the 10-yard line, he was on the field for every play except for one. So he is clearly the goal line back, the red zone back. He has the ability to bust a long one. One of them got called back by holding last week, but he is going to get every touch inside the five. If Atlanta gets the ball inside the five, specifically with how little they're going to Pitts, who should be their other red zone target, I expect Cordell to get into the end zone. Right now, you can get plus 115 on any time touchdown. You can get plus 400 on two touchdowns. If you want to get crazy, you can go plus 2200 on three. I think Cordell Patterson gets in the end zone. So from my best bet perspective, I'm going plus 115 anytime touchdown. Oh, I think that's true. I mean, look, and the reason he is in there in the red zone is because he's the hardest or one of the hardest players in all of football to tackle. And when you're down there, you got to break tackles and he can break tackles. He's a nightmare trying to tackle him like that run he made that got called back for holding last week I mean you just can't it's hard to get him on the ground there's certain players that are just hard to get on the ground and Patterson's one of them okay the next one I think we could all agree that there's probably five to seven teams that we think could win a championship right now and even though the record doesn't indicate it I think the three of us would say the 49ers could win a Super Bowl this year you agree, I would imagine, Samich, and you're not buying into what's happening with the Chargers right now because coming up on Sunday night, you're going to lay the seven with the 49ers. Not even a little bit buying what's going on with the Chargers right now. And I love San Francisco, and, and right now they're healthy, and that's going to be the key for San Francisco. They've had injury issues on the offensive line and the defensive line, the defensive secondary, and McCaffrey, obviously, we know, has been injury-prone in the past. But right now we're getting a healthy San Francisco team, and this Chargers team, you couldn't – ask for a better matchup from San Francisco's perspective. The Chargers can't stop the run. San Francisco, going to be healthy on the offensive line, loves to run the football. The Chargers can't block a pass rush. San Francisco can rush with their fronts four and get a ton of pressure. You've got injuries on the wide receiver position from, a, from the Los Angeles Chargers perspective. So I, I love this matchup for San Francisco. I made one of my biggest bets of the year when this line came out at minus six and a half uh, earlier this week. I still love them at minus seven. Uh, this is one of my more aggressive games of the year. I'll be playing this one in game as well. I have some first half already on San Francisco. This is just an awful spot for the Chargers who also are coming back, and this is their second straight road game, had to travel across the country to face Atlanta last week. Now they're coming back and traveling up to San Francisco in just an awful, awful spot. I think San Francisco rolls here. I like them by two touchdowns or more. You know, wow. it's funny, Mike. I, 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 you, you also have to – you didn't add one layer to like two in there. Of your many that you like is Kyle Shanahan versus Brendan Staley. I mean, you got to like that just from an offensive-defensive coordinator perspective. I love it. And if you want to create a comp for this Chargers team, it's the Rams. And Shanahan owns the Rams. I mean, so it, yeah. from my mind, if you're looking at what the most likely scenario is, it's just it, it's San Francisco running the ball down their throat and then be able to pin their ears back and tee off. Shanahan also gets extra time to prepare for this game. I mean, everything just sets up for San Francisco here on Sunday night. A couple of things to note there. One, good job. You got the six and a half. That's important for betters. Even though you like it at seven, you got the six and a half. So your timing was good there. That game, San Francisco is going to be used in a lot of teases, bring it down to one, but you're saying it doesn't, it, it shouldn't be a concern. You like them that much on the way out. Let's go pro tip here. Mike Samich. 
Yeah, I, I don't think people talk enough about in-game betting. And, and about 65% of my weekly bets is all that in-game because I think you can find better numbers at that point. If you look at the NFL market, you're getting millions of dollars betting into very mature markets every week, and you're trying to get the best of the number. That's really tough to do on a Sunday. However, if you wait for a game to kick off, you are facing a single person and an algorithm. And that algorithm is based completely on the total and the line. It rarely takes into account injuries, specifically offensive line or quarterback injuries that can really shift the number. So you're able to sit there in game and you're able to watch and figure out when the right time to attack a specific number is. Great example, uh, if you look at Tennessee, Georgia this week, Tennessee gets the first possession, they go down, they kick a field goal. The in-game number goes to Georgia minus six and a half. That was the only chance all week you ever got to get Georgia at under a touchdown. And it was right after that first drive from Tennessee early in the game where there's still a ton of time left. To me, if you're not looking at in-game lines, you are missing out on the opportunity to get the best of the lines even after that game's kicked off. Yeah, that's a great example. Great point. Lombardi was great all point. over Georgia. If you could get Georgia after giving up a field goal, Michael, just lay six and a half, you love that spot. Yeah, you do. You know, you got to take it. And I mean, the matchup favored them. I mean, the game before the, the, before the game started – Georgia had that cheat sheet. They knew how to play them, and I think that really benefited them tremendously. Okay, Mike. Wild say to see 90% of the bets there on Tennessee. Oh, I, I know. That just and blew I, my mind. I couldn't and believe I, it. And I was a sucker, just so I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, just 20 seconds. Flightline, look, did he look impressive in person? Was he aesthetically pleasing? And he is a, a huge horse who just knows what he's doing, looks so confident, absolutely beautiful. Uh, son of Tappet should be a great side. Really excited to see his kids in a couple of years. Okay, Mike, thank you. What a Patterson, life. touchdown score. Thanks, now he's Mike. Got, yeah, he's got a good life. RacingDudes.com, Mike Samich. Okay, we're back with Mike Palm. Palm's pressing three next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. I just caught Mike Palm thumbing through 400 plus pages of the college basketball betting guide. Michael was still reading the NHL guide, which you can you can find all of them. Beeson.com slash subscribe. Of course, Greg Hoops Peterson and Matt Humans. Tips for beginning betters when it comes to college hoops, title value, bets. It's, it's, it's all in there. It's college basketball betting guide. It's the most comprehensive guide we've ever put out at Beeson. Got to be a pro. Beeson.com slash subscribe to sign up. Okay. We look forward to it every week, Michael Lombardi. We wait for Bon Vivant. Mike Palm to join us, of oh, course. Yes. <laughs> Circus Sports, VEASAN host, VEASAN insider, and he says hi. As we welcome you in, any thoughts off the top here, Mike Palm? You know, it's interesting, Michael used uh, the Saturday in the park. That was the headline of my number one in no hyperbole, and we'll get to that in the pressing three in the next segment. I have a, a three-part compound question for Michael regarding the Colts situation. Great. Saturday in the park. <laughs> well, One of my favorite lines was singing Italian songs. I used to love that. But I don't know if they'll be singing Italian songs in Indianapolis. But we shall see. But we shall see. Jim Ursay should be selling ice cream. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so do you – I know you've got a three-pronged attack on yeah. Michael during the Palms pressing three. Would you like to share your thoughts on Jeff Saturday being named the interim head coach there with the Colts, Mike? No, I'm not qualified. I've never been an NFL executive. I'm not. I just my my greatest fear is that he's successful. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm not worried about that at all, <laughs> uh, Mike. I'd like to ask you this question: uh, as you're handicapping, how much you know? How much weather related 
as we now have seen this weekend, it's going to be bad weather. How much weather related will that affect you? Like, will the Jarrett Golf playing outdoors in cold weather, table for two by the heaters, will that affect you this week in your handicapping? It has to, Michael. It has to. And first of all, the Lions are a different team at home in a way. We've seen that. Away, they're very, they, they don't put up any points. Uh, and, you know, Goff, a California kid, has always struggled uh, in weather. Last weekend was interesting because I stayed away from the Miami-Chicago uh, game because of wind, right? The, the, the prevailing theory was wind. And if you would have bet Iowa-Purdue under on Saturday, went under Illinois, Michigan State under, that Illinois, Ohio, uh, Northwestern Ohio State, way under, the winds really affected those games. Uh, and Danny Burke was very high on the over in that game and the Dolphin team total over. I do the, the, the NFL Sunday games podcast with him. We do it after this show, and then we release it on Friday mornings. I said, I cannot get involved. I agree with Danny's theory, but I cannot get involved until I see the effect the wind might have at Soldier Field on two. And now it was very nice temperatures, and there was wind, but it was apparent early it really wasn't affecting him. And so I got a worse than a a worse than opening number, but the game flew over. So I, I'll tell you what was the biggest weather game of the weekend, I thought. Georgia gets two scores and gets ahead, and then the rains come, and that really left Tennessee you know, almost stuck in the mud. I thought that ended any chance they had. We were all on Georgia anyhow, but once the rain came there and they were behind in that game, they were totally out of their element. Yeah. And Patrick, before you jump in, Josh Allen not seen at practice on Thursday. Mike, are you going to be on Minnesota this week? He can't, he, he can't be. The line can't be this if he's playing at all, right? It's, no, it's, it, I agree. It, no shot that he's playing here. And I don't – Mitch Moss asked me if, if the game came down to two, is, is that the jump in time on Case Keenum? I don't think so. I still don't think that this is a play on the Bills with Case Keenum unless you're getting a field goal or more. Because, look, say what you want, and I'm an anti-Kirk Cousins guy – this team has been competitive. Look, they scored easily on the opening drive. I was with you, Michael. I thought if Cousins got comfortable early, they'd run away with the game. They didn't score again until the fourth quarter, but they found right. a way again. They're finding a way to win all these close games. And Cousins, in fairness to Cousins, he made a throw to Jefferson. He got punched right in the mouth. He had to take a play off, and he bounced back and came back. I mean, look, he, they did nothing. I mean, this is what drives you crazy about Minnesota. They're like 23rd in the league in punts per play because they punt so damn much that you think they're not making progress, and yet their defense keeps them in it. And then when they had to make a play, and they scored 17 points. What they scored, uh, 13 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Exactly. And one of those touchdowns was an amazing throw to Cook, the running back, where, you know, he did it. He Remember, fellas, when Cousins threw that the, the pass to Thielen in New Orleans in the playoff game when it mattered? Like, it's weird. He's such an odd player. He has this raw ability, and he steps up at times. And then, as you know, Mike Palm, in primetime, he has such a porous record. But he, he shows you those flashes. He does. I remember him beating me. I was... Really high on Wisconsin went into East Lansing, and the Cousins was the opposing quarterback against Russell Wilson back when he still wanted to play football. Mm. And, you know, and I laid two and a half. I think Wisconsin got up fourteen to three, and Cousins just came back and kept making plays in that game. And eventually, of course, the game was tied, and they won it on that sort of hail mary at the end, where they caught it and then fell into the end zone. It's so Antonio. He's he's, he's Antonio Michael had a run there in East Lansing. Quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Yeah. He really he, he had some success there coming from Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, the, what the Raiders picked the kid. The, the, actually, the Cowboys wanted the kid that the Raiders picked. Uh, I forget his name. You know, they picked him in the fourth, and the Cowboys settled for Dak Prescott. That was a Michigan oh, State kid. I got cousins. Oh, what's the his brain. name? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He started a playoff game 
Yeah, I started for, a playoff yeah, game. Yep. Okay. Cook. Uh, was Connor Cook. Cook? Was his name? Connor, Connor Cook. Cook. Thank you, fellas. Yeah. Thank you. Great Thank job, you. Mike. Thank yeah. you, Mike. So, <laughs> questions as far as the quarterbacks. You mentioned Allen, but Stafford concussion protocol. My assumption is he's not going to play. He just went into concussion protocol yesterday. Kyler Murray, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tannehill. There's a lot of questions here, Mike Palm, this weekend as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. What a difference Tannehill is, though. He's probably the biggest. I mean, if Vrabel had an NFL quarterback, they'd win that game by by distance. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, Cleet Blakeman would have had to work overtime if Tannehill was in that game to get Andy <laughs> Reid over the finish line. Uh, he did his part as it was. But, I mean, they have they have no passing game. 50 yards now, two straight games, Michael, and yet they won one game easily and should have won another. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, I, I, think, I, I've, I think they should send that tape to the Hall of Fame. I've never seen a coach been able to stay attached to a team with getting one first down after the 542 mark to go in the game. I mean, I've never seen it. I mean, it's just remarkable when they were able to do it. But my my question to you is, I, I don't understand why Seattle is an underdog to Tampa. It's I, I would get it if they were playing in Tampa, but they're in Munich. They're going to have a lot of beer. Like, Seattle the last four weeks has played as well as anybody in the league, and Tampa hasn't. Like, how is that the case? Is the Brady factor still that strong? I just the I think it's in general Seattle's perception as being a bottom three team before the year started, and I don't know the market's caught up to them. Why were they an underdog in Arizona? They held Arizona to I, three I, points. Three they dominated points. Dominated that game. Dominate. It, that was a defensive score. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, I I didn't get it. I mean, to me, this is Pete Carroll's job of a lifetime this season. What he's done with this team, playing complimentary football. And running and running the the Rams offense there, like you say, Michael, they're just very good at what they do, and they have the game control, right? That you talk about game control, they're the team that has the game control each week. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand it. Like, it's almost like uh, Will Hill just said, "I don't." Minnesota's been lucky, so there's like four or five teams. Let's say Minnesota, the Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee. That they're that. Even though they keep winning, everybody feels like they're holding a bomb in their hands and it's going to go off if you bet on the next week. And yet they keep covering or keep doing well. Don't you get that sense? There's reasons teams find ways to win the same way there's reasons teams find ways to lose, I think, Michael. Look at Baltimore. They have three very unlucky losses, you could say. They could be undefeated, too, and we'd be talking about them. And maybe they're the – maybe they're – when we keep talking about who's the fourth best team – Maybe flying under radar, it's Baltimore. You know, you guys talked about when there's no clear quarterback for MVP, who do you turn to? I still think Justin Tucker deserves a hard look at MVP. And what he's – how many wins is he worth a year to Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It is. He's unbelievable. But I gave it – I would give it to Tyreek Hill, Mike. I mean, like, there's nobody who tilts the field more for one team than Tyreek Hill does. I mean, you take Tyreek Hill off that field – and all of a sudden, let let me see where they had Waddle last year. Two, it didn't look like this. Yeah, that's true. I I worry about the Dolphins. I mean, they're going to be a wild card team, uh, but I worry about in the playoffs that head coach's game management and his decision. Oh, it's horrendous. It's really bad. It's horrible. No, people don't talk about it. I I can't trust him in the playoffs, Michael. I mean, he keeps doing it every week, and nobody says a word about it. It's because you know he's smart. Nobody can say, "Show me one smart thing he does." They just say he's smart. Okay, he's smart. Well, tell me what he does that's so smart. It did it again this week. You know, he could have gone up by six, and he decided he didn't want to do that. The one thing I liked what Saturday said, though, is he said, "Look, when we're gonna when we're there, we're gonna take points." He said, "I'm an offensive lineman. We we work hard." 
You work hard on a drive, you go 60 yards, you get no points. It's very deflating. We're going to you make this point, Michael. The best coaches, you watch them do it week after week. Belichick and Saban always take the points. They take the points. <laughs> you got to take them. Sometimes they don't, and they and they kick themselves for doing it. I just think to me, it makes no sense. You know, and then this guy does it when he's got the lead, and he can extend the yeah, lead. He, he let the Bears break back in the game, but then of course, right those, back in it. Those pass interference uh, calls were off. Uh, uh, and Dougie and Dougie down in Jacksonville, Dougie does it too. He just didn't do it against the Raiders. He Dougie can't wait to do it. Watch him do it this week with nine and a half points in his pocket. <laughs> Mike Palm wasn't born yesterday. He knows what he's doing with Michael Lombardi. He brings up Mike McDaniel's and passing up on three oh. within a minute span there. By the way, I'm guessing you're on Hellas Verona and Juventus uh, under. Juve under, UV under for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm on the but Canadians in the first is. quarter under too. <laughs> Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to ask you about a hockey play tonight over there. Ooh. Coming up next, of course, you wait for it. It's time. Palms pressing three. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM betting's premier loyalty program okay so what does this mean you go to betmgm.com or you download the app you place a bet you get points when you accrue those points you can use those points for free bets airfare going to see shows it's a great deal betmgm the king of sports books got you covered you got to be 21 years or older 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue okay we're back of course week 10 kicks off tonight in carolina it's going to be rainy a little windy we'll get to the plays with mike palman of course michael lombardi coming up but no time to waste. Let's get right into it. Palms pressing three. Michael, are you ready for Mike Palm? I am always ready, and I, I want a full disclosure. I, I don't know any of his questions beforehand. I just want to let you know that. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm going to start with a three-parter, Michael, and I'll pause between okay. each part. Colts owner okay. Jim Ursay fired head coach Frank Reich on Monday. Apparently, Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, Andrew Luck, and Peyton Manning weren't available, so he named longtime center... <laughs> Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. First part of the question, Michael. A, 
What happened to the Rooney Rule criterion in this case? Was this not the perfect opportunity to give someone who has paid their dues a shot, or does the title interim throw the Rooney Rule out? The Rooney Rule is only applied to once the season's over. Now, if they want to hire Saturday for the future, they have to then adhere to the Rooney Rule, which is basically makes fun of the Rooney Rule, just like they're making fun of the head coaching uh, position by hiring Saturday. So what they have to do is, at the end of the season, before they appoint, say say our man goes 7-0 and and they make the playoffs, then he has to go, they have to interview minority candidates for not only the head coaching job, but also for all, some of the assistant positions before they can name him the head coach. And I think you've answered the second part, so I'm going to go to the third part. How many points should the line be adjusted for an NFL head coach with no professional or college experience, and maybe more importantly, for a play caller who has never called plays? You know, that, that is a really great question. And I think it isn't about the play calling as much as it about the adjustments in the game. It isn't about – so basically what, what, what's going to happen is Bubba Ventrone is going to handle everything in the kicking game, and nobody's going to tell Bubba what to do in terms of the adjustments he needs to make. Nobody's going to tell Gus Bradley what to do in terms of the adjustments he needs to make. In terms of game strategy, I think that I think it becomes a factor. I, I think to answer your question, Mike, I had this game, believe it or not, I thought it should be about a 2.5 game because both teams are not playing well. Let's face it. The Raiders are beat up. Their, their defense is horrible. The Colts have, you know, they, people forget the Colts beat Kansas City this year. They forget this. So I, I think what we're looking at is I think it's a four-point four swing. Okay, Michael, thank you. Question: May I ask you, Mike? Oh, you, did, you, what did you do? You, what did you guys do at Circa with the announcement on Monday with this number? I think we moved it a point and a half. Um, you know, a half a point off of, off of the firing, and then another point point after <laughs> yeah. we found out who the who the head coach was going to be. It's funny, this kid that's calling the plays. I mean, Reich officiated at his wedding. You're right; he's like the intern. The, I think he was the intern. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. Yeah. Question <laughs> two. two. Michael, how badly at this point do the Packers wish they had granted Aaron Rodgers wish to be traded and turned the page and already started their rebuild? How does this look going forward with his cap figure to the moon for three years and we already know free agents don't want to go to Green Bay? Or th is there a world in which the Packers rally and qualify for the playoffs and become the proverbial team nobody wants to play? If you were running this organization, what would you do? I would fire LaFleur. I would fire LaFleur. I would hire a veteran offensive coach to come in. I'd hire Don Martindale to be the head coach. I'd get, a, I'd get Frank Wright to be the offensive coordinator. And I would try to rebuild the organization with the quarterback. I mean, he's still a really good player. I can't get rid of him. He takes all the heat for the inadequacy. He didn't get any of the credit for when LaFleur was winning. He gets all the blame, but he gets none of the credit. I would manage him. I would deal with him like a man. I would say, look, we got to fix this. We're going to have to run this. Here's how we're going to run the team. Here's how we're going to do it. And we need you to buy in. And we need you to do it. We're going to fix this from a coaching standpoint. We're no longer going to be scheme dominant. We're going to be strategy dominant. Wait, hold on. You didn't get that question before because you had, you had an answer ready to go to Mike Palm's query about the Packers. You were ready to go with that answer, my well, man. Well, I mean, I got Big Daddy in my ear every day, the, the, the greatest Packer fan of all time. But I, that's how I think all the time, though. Like, I, I see teams, and I think, what would I do? Like, I see teams, I think, what would I do if I was running that team? If I, my bigger question is, and this is for another day, what would I do if I were the Rams? 
and I know Stafford's going to retire at the end of the year because I think it's coming. What would I do? Can I ask I you certainly, this? I, I certainly wouldn't be giving up two number one picks for Brian Burns. Can I ask you a corollary to what you just said here, Michael? At the end of the day, the Rams went all in. They might have sunk themselves for three to five years, but was it, was it worth it to win a Super Bowl? No doubt. You have mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, to me, you got to have a backup plan. See, that's that's a little bit like, so there's sustainable success and there's situational success. So what you have to understand is you went situationally to be successful, right? It's like when we were giving out loans to people who couldn't pay them back, we ruined the economy. That was a situational decision. Sustainable never does that. Well, you know, you know Palm's pressing three is going well when we've got the 2007 a financial crisis in the mix. Number three. I must say, Patrick, Michael's answer to number two made me think that Ben Wilson must have asked him the same question yesterday. Okay, number three. <laughs> it was so down pat. Okay, the answer, or the, the, the question number three. Let's. This is for Stephen Bond. Are the Jets just a quarterback away from being a true Super Bowl contender? Or if we go back and dissect how they won some of these fluky games, are they just living on borrowed time? Would the Jets ever give up on Zach Wilson, admit the error, and bring in a proven quarterback, or is it still too early to pass judgment on him? I think it's too early to pass judgment. I think what they did in this game, Mike LaFleur, the, the brother of Matt LaFleur, I think what they did was they, have, they had every single pass in this game where the quarterback didn't have to participate. Nine routes, swing passes, you know, screens. You know, everybody thinks he's, you know, they're doing it. No, these are non-participating plays in the quarterback. So they managed them much better. And they were able to run the ball without Matt Milano in there. They could run the ball a little bit. So it got him off the hook. And as and they were still able to kind of stay in the game because Josh Allen let him in the game. Josh Allen turns the ball in the red, red area on the first drive of the game. And then he has a horrible turnover in his own red area. And it gives the Jets points. So I think the Jets are playing. I would not be one ever to say this, but. Their strategy, they're playing smart. I don't think they're elite defensively because the the Patriots did nothing to beat them, but they were able to beat them doing nothing offensively. I think they're good defensively. I think they're really good defensively. I don't think they're elite. I think you can I think against good quarterbacks you can move the ball. However, they did a great job of managing the quarterback, saying, look, you're not going to beat us. And as he grows and they start to figure out what he can do, he might be good enough. I just don't think he's got the maturity to go 17 weeks of playing smart football. Tremendous addition of Palms pressing three. I have a question for both of you. Hmm. So I'll start with you, Mike Palm, put you on the spot. If we go Kansas City, Philadelphia, and, of course, who's the third? Why, why am I slipping on the third Buffalo. team? Kansas City, Buffalo. If we take those three, who's number four for you right now? Take those three Baltimore, to Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore Baltimore's number is Baltimore's number four for me. And then and then in the NFC, you know, who's number two in the NFC? I don't know. You put Dallas, Minnesota, and San Francisco in a bag and pick a number. Let me ask you about one other game, Michael. This number strikes me as is too it's too long. The 49ers a full touchdown over the Chargers on Sunday night. Did that number just seem high to me? Your thoughts? I had it at 377. Mm-hmm. Mike Samas just came on and loves the 49ers, and he's willing to go all in on it. I, I, I was a little surprised by that. I have Baltimore as the third-ranked team in my power rankings coming out tomorrow. Uh, I have Kansas City and Baltimore tied exactly at, at, at the same amount of points. Gotcha. 
San Francisco's a little lower only because of some of the things that have happened during the season statistically. I think San Francisco is 1A in the NFC. I think it's Philly 1. I think San Francisco's 1A. I would agree. I think San Francisco is going to be as well. You, Mike, Mike, if you're afraid of that number, just tease it down. Mike Palm. I'd rather tease, tease it up. I'd rather tease it up to 14 or tease it up. <laughs> like the, the, yeah. do, do what the sharp guys I do. I would. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're teasing tonight, but let's do it. Atlanta. It looks like we are going to close two and a half. Mike Palm. We'll start with you. Low total 41 and a half. There potentially some rain. I had to. I had to go behind the book and ask if we're still booking the game. I, there's almost no no right on it. There's almost no decision on the side. We need the under. They bet the over a little bit. I have. I have no opinion. It was such a. Such a tale of two halves, a defensive first half, and then Katie barred the door in the second half and all the hijinks. So I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know if I'll even watch the game. Uh, uh, you'll watch it. Everybody, no, yeah, everybody says they won't. They'll have it on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping Carolina wins because obviously I've got a vested interest in it. You know, I think these games are always close. You know, I, I think they're always close. I would take the points, but that's just a per, that's a father rooting for his son tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Mike Palm's not going to watch tonight. Oh, that's right. You've got Calgary and we're, your Bruins tonight, well, we're, right? for, we're filming a parody music video. I really don't know a lot about it up at Legacy Club, the latest in the Derek collection. I, I penned a song to it, H to the Hubris. I don't know if it'll, they'll make it. Maybe Derek will hire me to run the circus since I know nothing and the Jeff Saturday train's going down the route. That's perfect. I got a chance, yeah. Sean King has a better coaching resume than Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Mike Palm, <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.